Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 15 of Dave Dashaway. Around the World by Roy Rockwood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Chapter 15 Strictly Business. Our hero had accomplished his mission. He had learned all that he had come to Lookout Hill to find out. The two men and their mysterious machine had been located their connection as accomplices of dave's enemies was positive here is something to think over before we make a definite move reflected the young aviator these fellows will of course hear about us if they go back to the town which they probably will do then it will be a new closer chase the professional curiosity of the pilot of the comet held him to the spot momentarily he made a detour of the campfire his object was to inspect the biplane a score of ideas crowded dave's thoughts he might tell his story to an officer of the town possibly have the tramp airship and its crew arrested or at least detained again he might quietly start up the comet strike a new route and count on outdistancing all pursuers Dave glided along in the shelter of the underbrush until he came up directly to the biplane. A near glance told him that it was a superb machine. Whoever the airmen hired by the wily Vernon were, they thoroughly understood their business. That seemed sure. The young aviator was so engrossed in his inspection of the machine, thinking so fast as to what was best to do, that he was taken all unawares as someone nearly ran upon him. It was the man he had just seen at the campfire. "'Hello! Who are you?' shot out the man, and he paused not five feet from the young airman and looked him over from head to foot i heard of your machine and came to take a look at it replied dave on his guard and watching his challenger closely for he had a bad face oh you did said the fellow moving a step nearer that's a strange jacket you wear why you're an airman yourself and you're dashaway 
the man was too quick for dave as he spoke he made a deft spring it showed that he was a natural acrobat his grip on dave's arm was like iron let me go suppose i am demanded our hero struggling well then i have a little business with you coolly answered his captor oh you're dashaway i saw you twice in winnipeg come on tom tom he called out loudly to his companion as he found himself unable to budge his prisoner although he weighed nearly double what dave did the man near the campfire neither responded nor stirred he was past helping his comrade there was a reason why the young airman was able to make so sturdy a resistance his free hand clutched a sapling right at hand his foot he had twisted in among the network of strong roots the combatant stood directly at the edge of one of the pits that honeycombed the plateau its edge crumbled as the man gave dave a jerk look out cried our hero if you don't want both of us to get a tumble you come on ordered his captor savagely i'll stand no fooling come on he gave dave a terrific jerk it was so forceful that our hero's grasp of the tree tore loose and he toppled over in doing so his assailant lost his balance he stumbled over dave's entangled foot in some astonishment the young aviator found the fellow had completely disappeared as he got to his feet he's done for himself sure enough said dave and he peered down into the pit it was about twenty feet deep he heard a groan then he traced a rustling about his eyes becoming accustomed to the darkness dave was finally enabled to make out his enemy trying to climb up the steep sides of the pit the roots he clutched at gave way in his grasp and a shower of dirt and gravel drove him back the young aviator discerned that the man was not seriously hurt he realized also that sooner or later his enemy would manage to get out of the pit if not at once at least when his now helpless comrade came to himself the man would be rescued he is just where i want him thought the young aviator it won't do to leave him the machine dave walked up again to the flying machine he soon estimated its condition and capacity he found it to be a capable piece of mechanism hi stop oh thunder this was shouted out after the runaway as the machine lifted into the air dave at the helm its rightful pilot spoke but his call barely completed as he grasped at the edge of the pit down he slid again to its bottom fifteen minutes later the machine dropped to earth in the field behind the inn at doubleday not a hundred feet from the comet hiram came running towards it you dave he called out cautiously with company answered dave promptly 
gracious it's the pirate tramp isn't it cried the astonished hiram why what does it mean how did you manage it don't ask any questions just now responded the young airman wake up elmer we're going to get out of here quick as we can there's a reason hiram bolted for the haymow elmer very shortly came up to the spot where dave stood for mercy's sake two of them he exclaimed rubbing his eyes and staring in surprise at the captured airship yes this is the pirate explained the young pilot the fellows who ran it tried to follow us from winnipeg turn about is fair play fellows some of the same gang stole our machine near washington for a bad purpose we will retaliate by borrowing theirs now for a good purpose yes put in hiram with animation get them and the machine safely out of harm's way i intend to said dave you'll have to fly the craft hiram i reckon i can do it asserted hiram promptly what's your idea dave a two hours flight due west then we will hold a new council of war we had best not delay i don't know how soon the fellow who runs that craft may be on our trail no one appeared to observe or hinder the airship boys as they made their preparations to resume their journey the pilot of the comet gave his trusty assistant explicit orders as to what was required of him the biplane started first from the ground in the clear moonlight its course was not difficult to follow soon the leader and its consort were started on a steady course due west hiram was in gay humor dave had explained the details of his encounter with the enemy and the new pilot of the pirate airship chuckled as he drove it forward the incident had fully awakened elmer and dave found him good lively company there was a rare spice of adventure in the incident of the night you handled things just grand voted dave's enthusiastic admirer i wonder how those fellows are feeling just about this time it was after midnight when the young aviator directed his companion to take the distance record ninety-seven miles reported elmer i guess that will do said our hero we are going to land a pleasant stretch of forest glade looked inviting the comet came to anchor in about ten minutes the other machine made an easy descent almost at the side of the comet well done hiram commended his friend warmly your lessons under old john grimshaw are bringing famous results glad you think so answered hiram with affected indifference but he looked both pleased and proud it's about midnight said dave we will turn in soon as we can fellows i will take the first watch going to stay here until daylight inquired hiram yes and for a good breakfast replied the young airman we need the rest and there is little likelihood of our enemies catching up with us now i should say not 
echoed Hiram, with a chuckle. "'No, you have spiked their guns for keeps, Dave,' added Elmer. It was a little later than sunrise when Hiram, on the last watch, woke up his comrades. He had a fire of twigs going. "'Coffee on the boil, fellows,' he announced cheerily. "'Ham done to a turn, and the bread being a little dry, I thought we would have some buttered toast.' Hurrah! shouted the hungry and jubilant Elmer. I feel as though I could eat a horse. Yes, this brisk Canadian air certainly gives a fellow a great appetite, declared Dave. Next town we stop at, spoke Hiram, I want to get some pancake flour. I've just been hankering for some old-fashioned flapjacks. I've got a griddle among the traps, and I know I can turn out some elegant pancakes. "'This is good enough for anybody,' insisted Elmer, his teeth deep in a piece of luscious ham cooked to a turn. "'Say,' spoke Hiram a few minutes later, "'I strolled around the end of that grove of trees yonder before I woke up. "'There's a road just beyond them, and there's a town not half a mile away.' "'Is that so?' questioned the young aviator. Well, "'That suits my plans precisely.' "'How is that?' asked Elmer. "'I will show you after breakfast,' replied Dave. He got a pad of writing paper from the supply aboard the biplane. Dave was busy writing for some time. Then he got the repair outfit of the comet. "'Come on, you can help me,' he said to Hiram and Elmer. The young airman partially upset the captured airship. His comrades very soon understood what this maneuver meant. Dave removed a dozen or more screws and bolts. Then he unhitched alternate struts and set to work on the engine. The parts removed were stored aboard of the comet. "'I guess that will cripple the craft enough to serve our purpose,' said Dave. "'I don't want to be a vandal and wholly destroy as pretty a machine as this is.' "'Can't afford to take any risks with a bad crowd trying to break us up, though,' reminded Hiram. "'I don't intend to,' answered Dave. "'It will take a long trip clear back to Winnipeg to replace those parts. "'If those fellows we left back at Doubleday come on after the machine, "'it will be fully a week before they can think of taking up the chase again. "'By that time we will have reached Alaska, won't we, Dave?' queried Elmer and far beyond if we fill the schedule blocked out, replied the young pilot of the comet. I'll be back soon, fellows. Dave lined the grove of trees and was soon lost beyond it to the present sight of his friends. In about half an hour he reappeared, walking briskly. It's all right, he reported. Get the comet and trim. I'm going to start up, eh? remarked Elmer. "'We had better, I think, to avoid complications,' said Dave. "'The town beyond here has a telephone service, probably running to Doubleday. "'The note I wrote told of the dismantled machine here. "'It also explained enough to warrant a phone call explaining about it sent to Doubleday. "'Those Winnipeg fellows can get their machine by coming for it.' "'You mean what's left of it,' corrected Hiram. 
i hired a boy i met to take my note to the postmaster of the town near here explained the young aviator i think i have been as fair all around as we can afford to be under the circumstances that's right assented hiram with vigor and elmer echoed the sentiment the coast is clear as far as sitka anyhow proceeded the young airman and now fellows he added briskly business strictly business end of chapter fifteen